episode four of find something to do and thank you for taking the time to listen so i know last time i said i would try something different for these introductions but uh here i go again finding myself sitting on the floor late at night just finished editing the episode and doing take after take of these introductions trying to remember everything to say but i don't really have any desire to come back to it the next day Um, I feel like once I've edited this, I want it done and I want it uploaded and ready to go. I just think to myself, I have to do this. I have to get this done. And not sure if that's the best way to go about it, but it's the way I'm going about it now. So we'll just see if anything else arises that, I don't know, will be a bit more efficient or suit the tone of the show. Hopefully something comes up and it works better than this. So, on this episode, I have Dan Bennett. Uh, He sometimes performs under the name Zach Daniels. He's a local blues musician. And Dan came over here and we sat on this very floor and just had a casual chat that upon listening back, we were so into it that I forgot to close the door. And of course, once we started, The neighbors started to do some sort of construction work on the back patio of their place. So throughout the podcast, you'll hear what sounds like people playing table tennis or a circular saw going. We basically recorded, I don't know, not even a third of the chat that we had when Dan came over because we just went off on tangents talking about all sorts of stuff and playing guitar Uh, having some cup of teas and smokes outside, and it just went on and on. It was such a good day, but could only capture some of it for this podcast. And also, unfortunately, about six minutes or so of audio uh, fucked up. I lost it. Um, Oh, well. So, there's a bit of choppy editing going on here that hopefully isn't, isn't too prominent. Um, but yeah, other than that, it, it was just such a fun chat. We were just talking about blues. We were talking about, uh, dance heritage, uh, hair metal, just the pure joy and also the downtimes that music can bring. Um, but yeah, it, it was one of my favorite and hopefully you all enjoy it as much as I did. So, thanks again to Dan, and here is a talk with Dan Bennett. No, thanks for having me, dude. Um, first of all, talking about outside, yeah. with the blues stuff, like that's what you're playing mostly. Predominantly. Predominantly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask what the description specifically in your bio with Darwell Country Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess before colonization and yeah. <laughs> before this was New South Wales, or whatever, um, there was thousands of countries within Australia. Yeah. So, sort of like, like Europe. It's like, you know, same thing here. And um, Darawal country stretched from, I think, about Shell Harbour, about Helensburg, and then out to 
MOSFET. Okay. And that was Darawal country for yeah. eons. Um, so, if that's where we are, Darawal country, so the land we're living on, of course, I'm indigenous and really mm-hmm. proud of it. Um, I started to think about location and blues music. Yeah, okay. You know, like, so the guys from Mississippi would play heaps different to the guys from Chicago. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Delta was, yeah. Heaps, heaps different. Yeah. And it was like a pet peeve of my people being like, oh, I play like Delta blues, but they've never been there. They're not from there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's hard my own. I was like, oh, yeah, Darrow country blues. Because no one knows what that is. It doesn't have to be anything. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Just yeah. Sort of took your heritage. And added it in. Yeah, so, pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even from Dark Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's where like I live here. is like where? Uh, Eura Country, okay. which is Sydney. Oh, the okay. Sydney Redfern area. Yeah. That's as far as we're able to trace it back. Yeah. But I mean, who knows, man? Yeah. Like, there's so much secrecy and yeah. shame and all okay. that and interbreeding and outcasting. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's extremely complex. Yeah. Um, just trying to find even a last name. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like any sort of birth certificates or anything like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it's an old, old, like it's traced back. It goes back much further than say like European people can trace their heritage back. Like, what is it, like 120,000? Yeah. They've predicted. Yeah, okay. And that's in, like, Northern Territory, too. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, is there, like, a like a storytelling element that's associated with the Indigenous culture and blues that mix together? Um, I would love to say yes. Okay. But the truth is, I haven't really thought about it too much. No. You know. Um, maybe afterwards I can start <laughs> putting, putting that in. But, um, yeah, I love to try and bridge that gap between, um, like, American music and... Um, but it's original ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the didgeridoo. If I could incorporate that into yeah. blues music, that'd be yeah, that'd be phenomenal. Like guys have done it. I wouldn't be the first. Um, just trying to see where that could fit and carry on those traditions. Okay, yeah, that sort of denied for how many generations? Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Okay, it's yeah. um, it, as you were saying before with like the Delta and Chicago yeah. blues thing. Like I, I wouldn't say I'm dismissive of Chicago like stuff but I'm firmly <laughs> firmly Mississippi Delta when it comes to my taste mainly because and I'm not putting like the Chicago musicians down with that because like you know neither of me and you as guitar players would be here without Mighty Waters wow. but, but Mighty Waters is from Mississippi Mighty Waters migrated exactly yeah, like they, yeah. and a lot of them like a lot of them walked from <laughs> there as well yeah. which is amazing but there's something about the Delta ones that it seems like they're singing for their soul, like they're singing for their life. Like mm. you can hear them in the juke box, like in the juke joints and stuff. They could get stabbed or something like that. A lot of them, a lot of them did. A lot of them did. Uh, but not to put the Chicago ones down, but they've got their own tempo and their own hustle bustle. Like they've moved to the city, the city has influenced them, and then they start to sound like... They the, sound like the city. Like the city boys yeah. sort of thing, which is all right. Oh, it's, it's, it's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I no. agree. Um, entirely, and like a huge difference between listening to Charlie Patton, yeah, just slam away a guitar about you know killing his wife, <laughs> versus you know like some slick dude from the city finger tapping, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's like that. 
um, like a primeval thing. Okay, yeah. There is a human thing. Um, I haven't found anyone that firmly despises these old Mississippi recordings. Yes. And like they're, they're, they're dreadful. They're done in like the backs of cars and hotel rooms and like shacks on the side, in front of liquor stores. Oh, okay. And stuff yeah. like that. Um, and the production is none. There's hardly ever any drums or any distinctive percussion. Um, but it's sort of, yeah, maybe it's just human. Maybe it just resonates with something in us, in all of us. Yeah. That simplicity, that earthiness. Yes. That we, maybe we lose when we start thinking about Chicago and guns. So the contemporary. Like the environment changes, like if we're in touch with, for lack of a better term, in touch with nature and in touch with the, hey, the area, it might work. Did you always grow up around here? Yeah, yeah. I was born in Wollongong. Oh, okay. Um, I've yeah, tried to move. move and then back and then oh, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought I would love this city. And, you know, the grandma was a teenager, like, no, I'm going to get out of this one horse town, man. <laughs> I'm going to go and we're gonna move to the city. And then as old as I, when I get older, I was saying, like, I don't want to upset anybody. Mm. That's like the last thing I want to do. Yeah. Is go to like, get the city. Every time I go there, I get like panic attacks and because mm. like looking at my pockets. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I just freak out. Um, and I was like, well, I I just moved to the country. I lived in Katoom for six months. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. Oh, man, if I could move back, yep. I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> just because nature, trees, yeah, earth, birds. I, I need that. Like, I need the trees. Because we're sitting outside and like and that sort of stuff. And yeah, stuff Kajarine, here, is beautiful. Yeah, though. and stuff here, like inside and stuff. But despite my lack of keeping plants alive, but the, <laughs> succulents, man. Yeah, that's why they're, they're sitting, that's why they're all sitting around here. But um, I think I need the convenience that some like city stuff can provide, but without the city itself. So like, obviously, you know, this is a muso that everyone was like, move to Melbourne and make it as a muso like that. I could never move. Never move from Melbourne? It, it just, it's just a nut. Like, I, I once went, well, I've been plenty of times, um, and on tour and, and, and stuff like that. I've always mm. had a good time, but it's never been a good time because of the city. It's been a good time yeah. because of who I was with and what I was doing. Yeah. The city didn't affect shit. So once I went down and, like, didn't have a good time at all, like, I had probably the first big panic attack that I've had in a long time at the time. This was many years ago. Yeah. And like did my grounding techniques and called a friend and all that sort of thing. And then the next day left the people I was staying with and drove down to Phillip Island and stayed mm. with my friend Sam down there from the band Ducklight. Oh yeah. yeah. And he just summed it up so like see him and his partner used to live in Melbourne yeah. and they worked as bouncers. <laughs> and um he summed it up so brilliantly. He goes, it's a city like any other city. Like cities just do that too. They're like they, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's not some mecca of art and culture. It's just a city. <laughs> and right. I've found that with any other city I've been to. Like they've been beautiful places to look at and beautiful things to experience, but they all just a city tempo. Mm. They all just have that city tempo. And it's just like nothing matches being able to sit outside and have a smoke like we did before out there in the trees. I mean, it's, it's so unnatural. The, the yeah. city environment, living in a city, um, 
Yeah, because it sounds like really basic, of course, it's not natural concrete. Yeah. That. But even just that way of living around so many other people, yet having nothing to really do with them. Yeah, okay. Is think of that. so against any sort of human environment. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. I went down to Melbourne and I was like, yeah, you know, probably 21. Um, and that was going to be my big breakaway from uh, from home. And I had about two grand and that was like all the money in the world. That mm. was $2,000 and I could do anything. There's so much money. And I lasted probably about a month. Mm-hmm. And it just, the city just seems like kick me out. Yeah. <laughs> and I like sleeping in parks and stuff like that. And even like the busking down there is like next level. Okay. Because they have like whole productions on the side of the road. Um, so I wasn't making any money doing that. And um, yeah, it was almost like the, the city just pushed me out like a, like a bad liver or something. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was the end of the city-ness for me. Yeah. You know, I just said, try to breathe in the fresh air and it's just birds and not worry about it. Yeah, it's yeah. like a lot of stuff that I've been reading lately, not not so much lately. I've been, I'm on this weird um, black metal phase of stuff that I'm reading. Like I'm obsessed with, like I, I have Scandinavian family and yeah. like I love the, the culture. So I've been reading a lot of Scandinavian stuff and their environment influenced their, their music. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, like a, a you know a a black for eighteen hours a day forest <laughs> is going to make that sort of thing. But I used to like going through the phases of music that we're talking about before. Mm. Um, really enjoy post punk and punk from the seventies. Like I don't really like punk music much myself. I'm open. Yeah. yeah. There's this really there was this book called Rip It Up and Start Again where punk exploded. And it was only around for like two or three years with the Sex Pistols or something. It was such a short, flash in the pan, proper like punk thing. And then all mm. these post-punk quotation marks popped up who did everything. That, that's where the DIY scene came from. You did everything yourself. You mm. cut up records, you made it all. And it was this big influence from the city itself. It's like, we can you know, make our own things because... We've got a mate that owns a screen print shop. We've got another one that works in Kinko's or something. We can go in and print off like our stuff. And that's where it all came from because of the influence of the city. And then out, this was mostly like in New York. Yeah. And then out in LA, it was like the polar opposite because they're out in the sunshine and, and shit like that. And you've got to try and get a record deal and, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. See? So the, the, the New York made these people like Minor Threat and, and all these hardcore bands. It mm. made them hardcore like bad brains yeah. because the city was you know rejecting them essentially as you were talking about before especially with the bad brains you've got four black guys playing punk and they didn't really get yeah. into that yeah. so like, well, yeah. we've got to do our own thing i've noticed that with extremer music yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe like uh, maybe i was just thinking about it too is is secularly a word like yeah, secular, I, I guess so. In the, in that, it is now. It is now. It can yeah. be. Um, maybe it is all art. Maybe it is all music. Maybe it is that whole uh, human reproduction of of sound, or visual, or, or, or anything um, to reflect where you're living. True. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I had a um, I had a. I guess it was like a teacher. I did a creative writing course with him. Okay. And um, he was talking about. 
the American accent is really extravagant. Um, and he, he thought it was because the landscape is yeah. so extravagant. So even the um, linguistics of the people is influenced by where they're yeah. living. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe you're onto something. <laughs> I like that. Um, was there a lot of music growing up? I think so. Yeah. Like, I didn't really, I didn't even care much about music until I was older. Um, but like, I have like seven brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. And I'm number seven, so I remember right down the bottom. Yeah. Um, and I think like, as I started exploring music as I got older, I found that I knew all the band, I knew all the words to the songs I was listening to at like 15 because mm. of being blasted from a caravan when I was like five. Um, but <clears throat> like my dad's a big meatloaf, CCR right. kind of dude. Yeah, yeah. So heaps of those songs, of course, CCR, heaps of those blue songs again. Yeah, which I, is funny. I did gravitate towards CCR. I, I always tell that like, you know, my stepdad would play all these bands that I love now, but hated at the time because <laughs> yeah. I rejected yeah. just parents' music. Like you know, CCR, like that's just boring. Like I don't want to sing here and singing Tina Turner songs. Or <laughs> well, Pink Floyd is boring. I mean, that's it's no, funny, man. It, yeah. That's interesting that because anyone that I've talked to about listening to their parents' music, they've all it's all soaked in. Like you just said, like, mm. you listen to it and you. You liked it sort of thing? I just rejected it. Oh. Yeah, it's fun. And I think it was like a conscious liking. Okay. Um, like there's heaps of crap. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like Blink-182, like Green Day. Dookie is yeah. strong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good record. I, I, like, I'm not going to diss it. I'm, I'm not going to diss it either, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and like Silverchair were really big in my house. Um, but yeah, I wasn't like a conscious sort of that's music and that's good and I mm-hmm. like that. And I was much interested in like Lord of the Rings, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, like um, card games, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, and that was yeah, right. That, that was my fascination. Um, yeah, and as I got older, I was like, oh, I remember that, and you know, like Guns and Roses, I got really, really into Guns and Roses. Mm-hmm. Like, I know all these songs. Like, I remember hearing them as a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember all the lyrics. Um, but my sister Zoe opened the doors for me. Okay. And she's about three years older than I am. And she found like Motley Crue and Skid Row. Oh, and... wow. Hair metal. Sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. And that just like changed my whole way of thinking. Yeah. And I became obsessed because my sister had all these bands tucked away. Yeah. Blow, blew my mind. Gee, that, that's a bit of a polar opposite to blues. <laughs> The, the Motley ah, Crue and Poison. Or is, not? It, is it though? Is it, okay. is it though? Like, I don't know. Well, especially as like, I got a bit older, I started playing with bands and things like yeah. that. And you know, I was very less Paul based. And you know, I, I, I like players like, you know, like Slash and Jimmy Page and things like that. And I still think they're heaps bluesy, even like Cinderella. If you ignore the name, which <laughs> is <just> awful. <laughs> It's just drenched in that sort of sound. Yeah, okay. You know, I think when I got, got the shits with um, the whole hair metal thing, I just went back to the root of it all. Mm-hmm. It's simple, everything's. What gave you the shits from. about it? I don't know. I think it's just. That was just the people I knew. Yeah. Maybe it was myself, you know. 
There's a lot of up. I found a lot of upkeep. Yeah, <laughs> because you got to know all the bands, man. Oh. You got to support that, and it's like you got to collect. You know, we have the biggest CD collection and all that kid stuff. Yeah, you know, which is standard along any kid. And um, I don't know. I like. I know when I started listening to blues music, and how that all happened. Um, but I just couldn't keep up with it anymore. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna. I couldn't keep doing it. Yeah. And um. Maybe I did just burn out. Yeah, an overexposure of, oh, of one single genre. Yeah. Just move over it. Oh, and I was heaps elitist. Like, it wasn't like yeah. this, that it was just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All that crap, man. The elitist thing, you think it's going to be associated with all, like, true metal, elitist metal stuff. Every genre of people I've come across, <laughs> they. They're, they're elitist in some way oh, yeah. and I I stopped being elitist in terms of a whole genre mm. and just sort of picked and cho- chose what I liked and what I didn't like from those genres so yeah. country music is the biggest example whereas if someone was going to go Brad do you like country music I'll go no yeah. but then I'll sit and go hang on I like Hank Williams I like Towns Van Zandt it could be country yeah I'll call it um, country yeah it's just certain types of it I really, really despise. It's mainly it's the, it's mainly that I don't know how to describe it in a nice no nice way to describe it. It's that sort of flag waving American patriotic kind of country. Yeah, I, just, I can't yeah. digest what they're selling type thing. And um, that's and that's totally fair yeah, and valid. That links but, to the hair metal thing. Whereas I don't know deeply a lot of the hair metal bands because the ones on the surface were just chauvinistic hairspray <laughs> sort of guys. Like, like Poison singing, you know, t- Talk Dirty to Me. Oh, Poison. Bob. I'm just like, oh. shut the fuck up. Like, oh. this, is, yeah. this is awful. But then people will go, no, no, no. Like, you dig under the surface, you'll get this sort of thing. I'm like, okay. there, there is plenty of gems. I found Poison really hard to digest. Yep. Um, but even now I'll put on my Shadow of the Devil yeah okay and I, I was taking it into work and I was like okay, it's on. and it just took me right back and I just sung the whole way yeah put on 50 and just loved it I, I loved the reading and watching The Dirt that was great that was a great film <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it was, was heaps of corniness in it um, but it was, it was a fun it was a fun <laughs> yeah. movie and I, I, and I loved it I'm not even a fan of Motley Crue. I'd probably pay out Motley Crue more than any <laughs> other band from, from it. But, you know, as you said, you've got your pick and choose, you've got your songs. Shout the Devil, yeah. yeah. Like, a whole record was a masterpiece. So much, like, girls, 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 but. Hey, if you're in that sort of thing. <laughs> so, with the. You got all that music on as a kid. Mm. When you were a teenager, did you rebel against. The stuff that was in the household or no, I don't think I really yeah. rebelled much as a kid to be honest like for my folks um they're both really hard working lovely people yeah um there's a lot of other stuff going on in the family too um and it's sort of it's not it wasn't really about me so much it's like this brother was doing this and this sister was doing that or whatever whatever else was going on um <coughs> But I had a really hard time rebelling against them because they're really cool people. 
Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. 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 And like, um, I worked with my dad for oh, years and years and years and years. So it was sort of like, it wasn't fair to rebel against them okay. or what they liked or what they listened to. Um, it was mostly just outside the doors of house mm. that I really didn't like. Okay. And that's where that was. But, you know, like, I, I love meatloaf. A better house, a classic, man. You can't nod. And like CCR, I, 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 I dare you to find someone who doesn't, who can't stomach CCR. Yeah, that's true. Like they just, they're a good band. Um, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't really rebel against them. Um, directly, on okay. purpose, you know, which I think is a bit of a difference. Like I didn't even, I don't think I even broke a wall, or punched a wall at home or anything like that. Yeah. Just all cool people. Just chilling out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're always very supportive. Okay. You know, very supportive of what I was doing, like dressing yeah. up like a girl and, <laughs> and playing like you know, leopard print pants and yeah. makeup, and they were always heaps supportive of that. And they made anything all the sort of creative yeah. process. They're still around now, and yeah, they're still yeah. together. Yeah. yeah, and dad just retired. Mum's still kicking around. Yeah, did they play music themselves, like an instrument? <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, um, my dad was a bagpipe player. Oh wow! Yeah, he played for the Queen once. Uh, the Queen yeah. of England, yeah, and he was because he was in the military for like twenty years, yeah. uh, and he was a pipe of the battalion. So whenever they would do um, like battle drills, <laughs> they'd stick him out the front and killed with his bagpipe, yeah, leading in, like to this, like pretend battle, <laughs> with all like that you know, artillery going off, and, yeah. and there was there was Dad. And the last time I heard him play was um in Alice Springs, uh, I think it's like Anzac Hill. Okay. And it was on Anzac Day and someone's just coming up and he and he played um and he played Amazing Grace or something. And then yeah, he came back and sold his backpacks. Huh. He was paid him for like his whole life. I don't think I've met anyone that's actually like you could call themselves a bagpipe player. Oh he like, he definitely yeah, he was a he was a piper man. He's a piper. <laughs> <laughs> well like, he was great. So there was that going around too. Yeah. And you know, that would get the pipes out and the when they fill up the bag, that was great, man. Yeah. Did you ever? Did you learn to play them, or you, no. said you, played, you played the didgeridoo? I tried yeah. to. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I tried to. I'm, I'm still learning the didgeridoo. Okay. This seems frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm heaps spiteful. Okay. So like, I try to play the didge. I can't yeah. get it. And I'm just pick up my guitar. So uh, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. So it was caught in that endless cycle of. Yeah, so until you get the breathing down, man, you can't do anything. There's no Huge. scales and like modes and stuff for that sort of thing, is there? Like you just yeah. sort of mouth technique. Yeah. Man. If you can't do the circular breathing, okay. you can't get the drone going. If you can't get the drone going, yep. you can't work on anything else. Ah. So it's like the six okay. months to a year of just trying to get that breathing down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got to really want it. You you got to let me know when you can actually get. That drone, because <laughs> well, you know, you, you know, well, with my sort of stuff, I love the drone metal. Oh, dude, if I could, big. yeah, if I could have a didge going in the background of the drone <laughs> sort of stuff, that'd just be awesome. Like, I'll, I'll go home and I practice my PVC pipe for you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be the same. <laughs> uh, I, got, I was getting lessons from a guy named um named Ray. Man, he's he's sick. Yeah, he's really really good. And um, I have like his bamboo didge. Um. But it's heaps big. Um, so trying to fill the thing up full of yeah. air is an incredible feat. Um, yeah, so I got a cut off piece about um, 400 mil BBC pipe to practice on that. 
there's much less air, it's a bit easier. Right. Just trying to get that constant drone going. Yeah, okay. Yeah. When did you start actually playing guitar though? Um, about 14. Okay. Yeah. 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 Stuck with it ever since, or did you like go through phases of nah? Like the ditch thing, like that. Fuck this! I'll try. It was it was it was instant love, man. Yeah, right. Okay. I think I was in um, it was like the year eight, second year of high school, and um, my my voice had broken, and it was it was fairly lower than the kids in my class. Um, and we're doing music, and they wanted me to, um, to sing for their end of year thing. And that was a laugh in itself. And I was like, yeah, chill out. I wasn't a singer or anything. Um, <laughs> so I agreed to it. And I think immediately, especially at that age, me looking for identity. Mm. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, oh, I'll be a singer. I'll be my thing. And, yeah, okay. um, and I picked up the guitar as a way to support my singing. Yeah. So I could practice and write songs like that. And my sister gave me this um, secondhand, I think it was like Navarro brand. Okay. It's the guitar. Yeah. I've never seen one since. Um, and the thing's long gone now. And it was it was like immediate. It was like stars aligned. Um, and all I could do was pluck the strings on it. Yeah. <laughs> I took it home, like, you know, just the open strings. It wasn't even in tune. <laughs> and I just sat there just fascinated with it until I started to learn chords and things like that. And... I've never put it down. Okay. I've never been able to put it down. Yeah. You know, it's always been there. That's, yeah, that's, I can't really relate to that in terms, like, I, you know, I love guitar so much, but I, I, there's been parts where I've just, I've had to go away from it. Walk away for a while. And it's not anything to do with the thing itself. It's more, I'll hit a limit. Mm-hmm. Not in in skills, a limit of like what I can actually write and make on it, mm. and then it, it gets put down. Like I was probably about the same age when I first picked one up, but I didn't like doing music in school or anything like that or yeah. learning stuff. Um, particularly learning stuff, I thought like the actual learning and the theory was I don't know, like. Stupid, for what, lack of a better what, word. What, what kind of theory are you doing? Um, like, like they sit down at school with a textbook and... Relative minors and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's no way to learn anything. No, I, I didn't... I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, di- I didn't think that was. I thought that everything came by accident and natural. Like it was in the ether and it just you know, a song appeared. I still believe that. I great. still believe that now. That's like, great. Um, that it, you know, it comes through you in that way. Yeah. But because the creative process of it getting limited by what sounds like a creator on guitar, mm. every now and then I'd have to put it down and then do something like noisy or electronic mm. and stuff like that. Um, if I could play more instruments, I would obviously go to them. Yeah. Like I could play a bit of mandolin and a bit of ukulele and a bit oh, of banjo. Yeah, a bit of mando. Nice. I don't own any of them. <laughs> My dad has the mando. Yeah. But like, I don't own any of them, but obviously I'd pick one up if I did. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of it wasn't love at first sight, like you were saying, it's more I've slipped into being a guitarist because that's what I have. That's what's around. Right. And it's like, I don't 
don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I don't, no, I'm happy that that's absolutely, happening. Absolutely I'm happy not. That, that the guitar found me as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, I, the, the singing thing, no, I don't know how yeah. you do that. And I was talking to, to oh, someone, no, talking no. to someone else as well about like how, if you're singing in a band, yeah, like that's mm. awesome. If you're singing on your own, it seems really bearing yourself, bearing your soul in oh. a way. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I find it now. Yeah, I'm, I was terrifying. Yeah, like you know, because I was, I always played in bands, and it's like you know, you have the, you know, the drums and the big guitars, and um, you sort of, it's almost like having reinforcements. Yeah, but oh, when yeah. it's just you with a guitar singing a, <laughs> a song stripped back, it's extremely um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like naked, like exposed. Okay. Yeah, you know. And especially when you're playing acoustic sets, and no one really, you know, gives to. Um, so when you finish a song, and just, you know, just like silence, and you start playing the next one sheepishly. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, there's sometimes where if I can get away with it, I won't sing at all. Okay. And it's just mostly just guitar. Yeah. And singing is sort of secondary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you use slides and stuff like that too, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I've got like a little yeah. loop station and that's pretty oh, cool yeah. like a sort of layer things um but it's still like the the love i feel for the guitar i don't necessarily have the same vocals okay i just i think i just even started singing later really going back like a few years um to sort of fill everything out make it sound like if i was playing the guitar somewhere it would sound complete mm-hmm. when if it was didn't have the vocals in it it would just be me playing guitar somewhere Oh, uh, okay. So, I, I, I've learned to love it. Um, and I think now I can do a little bit more than I could when I was, like, screaming. in a band is yelling at people in bars. Um, which is cool. Which yeah. is cool. And I'm starting to think about more of it as, as an instrument. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. Where, like, lyrics aren't a huge... I don't worry about lyrics too much. The most time I just make them up anyway. Um... But more so the vocal sounds. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole other instrument that I'm only just sort of scratching a tiny corner of the surface of. That, I like that look of, or outlook of using the vocals and making them another instrument. Like, um, maybe because I don't write them. So, like, someone that writes amazing lyrics, like like Kat that I'm in a band with, writes incredibly good lyrics and is very focused on wanting them to sound really good. But... Hmm. I'm more of, oh, look, you can sing whatever you want. Like, you, the voice is really what I'm listening to. I'm not yeah. listening so much to the lyrics, just because I don't write. I never have. I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you deal then, like, if you're still nervous about it, like, do you have any techniques and rituals and that sort of thing to... Um, man, I just close my eyes. Like, if I can close my eyes, then it's almost as if I'm just in my bedroom. Right. No one else is there. Yeah. Um, and in lots of ways, especially dealing with anxiety, um, it doesn't matter what people think. Okay. It doesn't matter that anyone's there. Um, as long as it's resonating within yourself, it will sound good. Yeah. I had a, had a dude tell me that I, that I lived up in Queensland and we'll talk about music and he's like, you should only be playing for yourself. That time I was like, oh. No, you're not because you know it's, it's entertainment for people um 
I think I agree with him now. Okay. In a selfish sort of way. Like, I think when I let go, and it's not about where I am, it's not about who's listening, mm. but it's just more me pulling everything together and making the sound as a whole because I can. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. And that's my, you know, my anxieties and my, uh, my depression and my happiness and uh, my, my mania. It's all... Mm-hmm. It's, it becomes purely myself. And it's those times that are the best gigs. Yeah. And they get you know, more people pat you on the back afterwards. It's, it's interesting to hear that you say that everything comes in and comes together. Anxiety, depression, everything that comes when you play comes in. And do you feel that you're very scattered before or after a show and then when you're playing it comes in centred or... Oh, absolutely, like, man. 100%. I, it's, that, that's just, it's really interesting to me when people say that because mine is more of a release. Like, yeah. it's the same thing. Like, I'm pent up, maybe. And then mm. when I play, it's a relax. And yeah. It comes out as opposed to, I can't find my way. And then, oh, my way is right now I'm playing. The playing is the outburst for me. Yeah. So instead of hitting something with a baseball bat, but like it's just that that's why these these chats i'm doing with people so interesting everyone is for lack of a better word dealing with what they're dealing with the end goal is the same but they're doing it in such such different ways that's what makes it so beautiful (laughs) there there is no textbooks and this is how you make stuff this is how you do things it's entirely up to whatever works for you man yeah exactly Um, and I hear the, the, um, the release so much. I can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it makes it so brilliant. You know, no one's telling you how to do it. No one should be telling you how to do it anyway. No. Um, and I don't know. This makes it like a form of magic, man. <laughs> to be corny. Magic. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, it is. Yeah. I've used that word before in myself when yeah. creating something. Like, well, if, if a, you can quote the late great Lister Crowley yeah. magic is just using one's will to change the physical plane yeah isn't that what music what we do that it, it pretty much is. you alter emotions you alter feeling you alter resonance within a room yeah just by you hitting a chord really loud do you find that when you've written something as you are saying before that like I just make stuff up mm. and then afterwards you're like Hang on, that is actually something that was subconsciously like had after had a meaning afterwards after it come out. I don't know. Uh, I, could, I, I, I guess so. I'm not a um, I'm not a great songwriter though. Um, so generally, how like I write anything, mm-hmm. it could be musical lyrics, was I get like an idea. You know, it could be like two notes. It could be like a little way of playing something. Yeah. And then, especially when you're playing like two, three sets a gig. I just had to workshop it okay. at gigs. And then over the course of like experimental weeks, the song finally starts to emerge after wow, okay. weeks not, of playing it. You're not going into a live situation where the song is done. Never. Like, oh, no, wow. no, no, I've got about maybe three songs that I've like written, written, yeah. and they're like in stone. Yeah. And the rest are totally, there's a sort of an idea that I have. Um, or like an emotion I want to express, yeah. or a vibe. If it was like a good, good movie, I want to recreate that in the in 
music. Okay. Or a video game. I started playing Red Dead Redemption 2 like last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote all these spaghetti western songs. Yeah. Just something that would eventually just calm in just all sorts of, you know, like media or whatever you're surrounding yourself yeah. with. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't write songs consciously. I have a really hard time sitting down. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write this, got this riff. I'm going to write some lyrics. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, the most a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of pressure, man. Everyone's going to know what these lyrics are and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. So mostly like uh, improvised lyrics until stuff starts to fit. Okay. And then if it's good, it will stick. And if it's bad, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I do have one song, um, that I wrote much to, um, to Anna's dismay. <laughs> I had this, um, if I was, it's sort of like a scapegoat or an escape situation where if I just wanted to escape from everything, I'll just catch a train. Okay. And I'll just live on that train for as long as I could and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, whenever things got hard, I would imagine myself sitting on that train going somewhere. And I did write a song about that. Okay. Yeah. So nice. that's, I, I do, I'll do it when I can. Why specifically a train? Uh, well, I, I could never drive until recently. Oh, okay. Um, and growing up, I never had cars. Um, so we had to train a lot, go places. My dad worked on the trains. Oh, okay. Turns out his mother worked on the trains. Turns out her father worked on the trains. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, and then blues trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah oh, he a joke in there. And, yeah. So I honestly didn't think of that until you just said it. I'm like, oh, God, how? That's, you know, no. Metalocalypse and the... Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, do sing about trains? Hey, nothing else to sing about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, people getting their head chopped off by a train. By the train. And just... Chicken picking jumps on the ball. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a metal thing. And, like, this, this is... I guess blues was my... I wouldn't say first love. Mm. Maybe first obsession. I didn't... Grunge was my thing because just at the time I was growing up. Um, I liked it just because I liked it because it was just for me. But I didn't research anything. Like, I, I research music now. Like, uh, here is John and I want to I <laughs> know who that band likes and then who that band likes. Yeah. And who influenced that band, and etc, etc. Um, so once I'm stringing some chords together on a, like an acoustic guitar, I'm learning the, the British blues influence uh, the invasion, yeah. that, that sort of stuff like playing sunshine of your love and, and and that so obviously i love that and i want to research where that came from and bang american blues comes. Yeah. and once i started like like you know learning about these people i was just like this is so metal <laughs> like like fucking, what's, he, what's his name um uh, People are going to yell at me for not knowing this. Uh, Lead Belly. Ah, uh, yes. Motherfucker killed yeah. people. He, he killed. <laughs> I, I, I love this story. And I really wish it was my own. Um, he, he killed his brother-in-law over yeah. a gambling debt. Yeah. Got sent to Angola State Prison. Yep. I was on the chain gang. He sung his way out. Killed somebody else. <laughs> went back to prison. Was stuck in prison. Yeah. Um, while he was in prison... Someone tried to stab him in the neck. Yeah. And his big scunny pulled the knife out and killed the man with it. With the knife. With the knife. Oh, with the knife. So and then he sung his way out of prison again. <laughs> the second time. And it's brutal. This dude it's like 500 pounds, like 80 yeah, feet tall. Big, scary dude. And like, that's why I, nothing is shocking me in music anymore. I think because of that. 
Um, there was this great, like to go back to metal a bit, like there's this great series called Metal Evolution mm. where they, they dissect where each sort of um, genre of metal music has come from. Yeah. And obviously a lot of it goes back to Black Sabbath. Naturally. But the, the shock metal type, extreme metal sort mm. of thing, um, Ramstein, like bands that do extreme oh, things yeah. on stage, yeah, like yeah. It, like it comes from Alice Cooper, yeah, obviously. Um, but all of those stories, I'm thinking, okay, these bands are shocking people in a more progressive time, so say 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm. The blues guys were in the 20s when, like, you you had so many rules, especially like unfortunately from segregation to like minorities and African Americans and these guys were bad <laughs> and I was just like when I hear the stories yeah. of them I was just shocked yeah and well, like, all of these guys they, they weren't like um celebrities in the way we yeah. see like famous musicians now they become like celebrities people stream the music yeah. and it's everywhere they, they were just guys trying to make a buck in the Great Depression is it true that there's only two photos of Robert Johnson that, yes jeez yeah, yeah there's two there's one with a the, with the cigarette and the okay. other one is in the suit okay um a couple every now and again you'll get one come up but that's obviously not him yeah um I think people really want there to be more than two photos of Robert Johnson okay um but there as far as I'm concerned there's, there's just the two yeah um that's... Yeah, and, and, and like the the grown men are living in a rough time, so that they they live like everybody else would. You know, yeah. they'll know um, just because they play guitar, there was no special treatment. Treat. Okay, um, like Sun House, he shot a man too <laughs> at a gig. The dude came in, he started blasting away his gun, and shot Sun House in the knee. Yeah, he got his gun out and shot him back while playing on stage. While playing on stage, because <laughs> <laughs> they just they had to live like everybody yeah. else. You know, there was no exception. Everyone was out of work. Everyone was traveling around. Yeah. Um, as for a lot of these guys, um, I think Alan Lomax was recording for the Library of Congress. Okay. Um, to try and preserve folk music. Yeah. And I know like jazz, um, was used as a, a money-making industry, but it wasn't until like the, like 1928, I think it was his first run down the South. And it's a lot of time, the first time I've heard the guys being recorded. Yeah. Like, okay. like Charlie Patton and Tommy Johnson and Blind Willie. Um, sorry, Blind Lemon Jefferson uh, were actually being recorded for the first time, not because um, it was a record label coming to town thinking, hey, this, you know, that's a, that's a hit, you know, <laughs> we're going to get some money out of this guy, because they're trying to preserve that right. folk music, Okay. and then it just exploded. Okay. Was he the guy that was doing, um, uh, Bob Dylan was really influenced by him, he was an old, old folk singer. Um, Woody Guthrie. Woody, oh, <laughs> there you go. I'm sitting there thinking, because I'm, I'm such an idiot. I'm like, I'm like, he's Arlo Guthrie's dad. What's his name? Of course it's fucking, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Arlo Guthrie. Arlo Guthrie, <laughs> Arlo Guthrie Senior. Have you seen Arlo Guthrie's performance at Woodstock? I have not. I he's have not. so spaced out. Yeah. And he does this thing where... He starts this song, he starts um, a Bob Dylan song called Walking Down the Line, mm. and stops it maybe about 20, 30 seconds in yeah. to talk to the crowd that they're not reacting <laughs> well enough to it. And, and, he, and he's like, and he goes, obviously, if we're singing this, 
we're not really walking down a line. We're just singing about it. So it's okay for you to sing about it too. And then you go, and then he just goes off on this tangent of just like, walking down the lines are really important. <laughs> because if we all run out of petrol and we don't have cars we've got to walk down the line and his band are just standing there just like what are you doing and he starts the song back again and it's like this is Woodstock there's what three four hundred thousand people out there and this guy just doesn't care he's just gonna stop and start the song again see that is I would love to have that approach. <laughs> like, it's totally natural within your own entire environment. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's I, that's I, incredible. I, I, I struggle to find something to say in between songs. <laughs> and this guy is just like telling the 400,000 people, it's just like, oh no, hang on, we're going to start this again because you're not behaving properly. <laughs> every, every set that I often do, I'm like, I've got to be engaging the audience. And I sort of have a little pretendy conversation myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I was going to talk about this, I'm going to talk about that, and it's great. And every goddamn time I get up there and I'm shooting my guitar, and I'm like, That's, it's your chance now, man. It's your chance. You got it in the bag. You have a microphone. Just say the fucking line. And I'm like, oh, weather's good. <laughs> There's a song about trains. <laughs> Uh, every time, every single damn time. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's so good. Oh man, um, you've named your label that you've started after Sunhouse, haven't you? Yeah, yes. Death Letter Records. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. I saw that. And what's like? Have you got any goal with recording people or no, putting stuff out, no. or is it just? Um, I want to get my own my own stuff out. Yeah. Okay. Um, because that is heaps important to me that I do that before I die. Want something out? Anything, anything is good. Like a physical release. Like a physical, yeah, or even digital. Doesn't really, okay. doesn't really matter. I haven't thought about that far ahead. Um, but yeah, the the idea started like years ago, and I had this old tablet, and it was like this Android Aldi. Okay. It's crap. Um, had this great recording function, and I think it was it was maybe um, my own repulsion against what I used to believe in, which was you're in a band. And you get a record label, and you've made it big. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do it now, and it's, it was my own almost punky in a way. And it's like, why can't I do this myself? Yeah, you can, and, and you totally can. Like, I think I spent about three hundred quid on a setup. That's surprisingly good, um, and that's it for me. If I can just record my own stuff, mm-hmm. do it on my own time. Because I don't know about you, um, but I hate recording studios. Yes and no. Yeah. I I like the physical place. I love mm. being in them. It feels comforting, but I don't play the same as if I do at home or on stage. Now, yeah. All three of them, completely different brand. Yeah. Completely different place. And that is something I've never been able to figure out how I can slip together into know. the same type of plane. I wish I knew. Because I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I've just seen whenever I go in, I'm I'm too polite. I'm just <laughs> well, too know, polite. I, I've seen some assholes in studios. I used to I, work. I, I, I used to work at. They I, want you to be polite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, come on, Dan. You know, because like, like I record something and like they, you know, because they, they don't they, they they don't know what you have in your head. And, no. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's good. And so I'm like, no, <laughs> no. But I can I, I just agree. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then I get, I'm like, yeah, I'm sort of always let down in myself 
Not okay. the studio or the engineers or anyone else. Yeah. They were just let down. You weren't assertive enough. So. Yeah, and I wasn't like, oh, I really wanted this there. I really wanted that there. Um, so I started doing it in my bedroom. It was, it was, it was like, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a big deal for me. Because um, then I just take my own damn time. And it's just me to fall back on. So, like, I've done one song, two songs, in like a month and a half. Okay. Because yeah. I just go back, do it again, go back, do it again. Leave it for a few days, listen to it. Don't like it. Yeah. Again. Are you harsh on yourself? Like, you're a hard <laughs> critic? You're yeah. Like, yeah. I want to you know, like, be half decent. I want to sound good. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's extremely personal. And the, yeah. the morning outside of waking up, uh, say, like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a musician rather than I'm a gardener or I'm a okay. cleaner. Um, I don't know. Just like food's are tasting a little bit better. Yeah. And the sun was a little bit warmer. Um, so everything was just a little bit better. Just because I started identifying as a musician, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. from here on, I'm just going to be a musician until that I can't possibly be that anymore. Yeah, okay. So, I'm going to miss a few meals and cry a lot. <laughs> but for better or for worse, that's what I'm going to do now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's such a nice way to put it. Yeah. I don't know, there's a beauty in that. <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The same thing too, when I found out that I was, I was indigenous. Because there's all these, um, all the bullshit around it. Mm-hmm. All these lies. And about 15, and finally, like, okay, well, okay. this is who we are, where we come from. Um, and the same sort of thing. And I was like, well, must have started to embrace that. Yeah. For better or for worse. Um, I'm indigenous. It's, it's, yeah. it's great. And I mentioned, like, the, you know, my, my indigenous counselors in school, my client, and like, that's, you know, that's, that's great. They took me with, with, with open arms. Oh, this is pretty good, you know. I've got this whole um, community that's yeah. willing to accept me and, uh, and wants me there. Um, and I started telling my friends about it, and they were not too pleased. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I once got told I liked you better when you were white. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of the better or for worse. The worst yeah. was the heavy metal community wanting me to ignore the fact that I was indigenous. Yeah. And the indigenous community being like, Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. Regardless of what color your skin is. That's fucked. Mm. That's... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's always a trade-off, mm. I guess. Oh, makes sense. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I'm glad. No, like, this is just hanging, like, hanging out and chatting and just learning about people's, like, backgrounds and what they're into. And then, especially I'm sitting here listening to stories about blues artists that what they've committed and I'm like I didn't know about that like, I, I think it's extremely important what you're doing man oh, and I'm so honored to be thanks. part of it no, I, I really am yeah, no, thanks thanks dude <laughs>